The darkness closes in on you as you climb the steps. You see something slither in the corner of your eye. It disappears as soon as you turn to face it fully, but you know it's there, waiting, watching, wanting. This is your host, Isabel Henneke. Every episode, we study a cryptid of this eerie, eerie world. Welcome, from the Pacific Northwest, to fairies and folklore. The Abaoku is a creature from Malay mythology. Also known as the Abang Akai, this beast lives in the steps of the Tower of Victory, found in Chitor, India. The Tower of Victory was constructed by the Muar king Reina Kumba in 1448 to commemorate his victory over the combined armies of Malwa and Gujarat, led by Muhammad Kili. The tower is dedicated to Vishnu, the Indian god of preservation. He is associated with Nirvana, which you will need to remember for later in this episode. Now, the creature itself is rather strange in many aspects. It does not have a solid form and glows a sort of pale blue. In other stories, it glows orange, but the blue form is the one I've come across the most. It has many tentacles to help it shamble up the Tower of Victory's many steps. When touched, it feels like the fuzz on the skin of a peach, and it gives a small cry when it falls that sounds similar to the rustling of silk fabric. It doesn't seem to possess any eyes, and can see with its whole body. An alternative name for the Abaoku is Abangaku, which means my elder brother. Others, however, assume a different pronunciation and a definition of my mother, but that is not generally accepted. The Abawaku is suspected to be a creature created by George Louis Borges. He described it in his 1967 Book of Imaginary Beings. Borges claimed to have found it either in an introduction to the Arabian Nights by Richard Francis Burton or in the book on Malay witchcraft. 1937 by C.C. Ituruvu. The Abawaku can only assume its final form if the person reaches the top of the tower by obtaining nirvana. It is reported that it has only happened once in recorded history. Otherwise, the Abawaku merely fades away as the person climbs down, unable to achieve completion, and returns to its incomplete and dormant state waiting for the next visitor. Let's go into more detail about the Abawaku and how it works. 
As you know, it lives on the first step of the Tower of Victory, waiting for a brave enough man to climb the tower. And while it waits, it lies shapeless and translucent. When an unlucky soul passes, the beast awakens. When the visitor starts climbing, whether it be man, woman, or child, the Abaoku follows close behind with its tentacles, shambling and sliding like a beached octopus. This luminescent, translucent, and partially corporeal light blue mass can only move when visitors are climbing the staircase. As the person climbs further, the Abaoku following, the creature becomes clearer and clearer, more colorful, giving a light blue glow as it ascends. Not only does the creature become more defined physically, it also becomes more defined spiritually. When the climber reaches the top of the tower, creature in tow, the Abaoku reaches perfection. It achieves nirvana, thus becoming completely solid. Even though it has full form, it does not cast any shadow. Almost every time, the man cannot reach the top, and the creature cannot co complete its journey. Thus, it falls back down to the base of the tower, losing all the progress it had made in becoming whole again. When it reaches the bottom of the tower, as it so often does, the Ibaoku waits in sleep once again, waiting for another human courageous enough to brave the many steps of the Tower of Victory. As for how many times it has reached the top of the tower, only once has it achieved this feat. Now it's time for the best part of this podcast. Story time! The myth of the Abaoku takes place after the fall of the gods. The myth follows that the people would make pilgrimages to this holy and sacred tower. They climbed the tower, but only those people, pure of heart, had, that had previously achieved enlightenment would be able to ascend to the very top of the tower. This is where the entity of the Abaoku comes in. It is said that this tower was located in the city of Chitor, as we have stated previously, which is presumably in India at the time. However, the exact location is not as important as the actions that are associated with the tower. With each step the person takes up the tower, the Abaoku gains more consciousness. Staying to the right and feeding off the person's courage. It begins to glow in different colors, hoping to find itself in the bluish glow of perfection. It is also said that the many tentacles and body become more solid as it follows the person up the stairway of the tower. The problem is that every human on earth has sinned and is therefore not pure and has not reached the Abaoku state of enlightenment. Therefore, the Abaoku cannot attain its own perfection and reach the top of the tower, and, depending on the story, return to its own home. It moans and sighs and heads back down the tower, still following the human pilgrim. As it descends, it loses its color and its solidity, and in the end fades to an invisibility and loss of consciousness. 
It waits in this limbo until the next person comes to make the climb, and in the end continually returns to the bottom of the tower, never achieving its own enlightenment. It is said that only once has a person reached the top of the tower, but other than this one time, no one has been able to gain enlightenment. This means that until the next enlightened peer person is born, the Abawaku will remain in this home and dependent on humans for its survival and its ability to return home. Only once in its everlasting life has the Abawaku reached its destination at the top of the tower. version, the tower was an inter-home gateway for the gods. The Abawaku, being one of these gods, was caught in this home when the gateway closed. Because it was caught in this world and needed to be able to cross over into its own home, it has become attached and dependent on human behavior, beliefs, and karma. As you can probably tell by how it drains your courage and sucks at your soul, the Abawaku is classified, weirdly enough, as a type of vampire. If you look it up in any cryptid classification website, I can bet you dollars to donuts that it'll be under the vampire category. After all, the definition of a vampire is a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital essence of living. This could mean either blood, as we are all so familiar with, or it could also mean the very thing that makes us human, our soul. In fact, there's a book, published in 2010 by Miss Theresa Bain, about vampires. She is a mythologist who specializes in cross-culture vampire stories. In her collection of creatures, there, on page 77, lies the description of our beloved Abawaku. She classifies it under the category of energy vampire. In modern culture, the Abawaku still lives on within The Secret Saturdays, an American animated television series created by Canadian cartoonist Jay Steffens. There are some differences, however. Its color in the show was depicted as orange rather than blue. It also holds the distinction of being one of the very few creatures featured in the franchise, which is neither a real cryptid nor an original creation. Side note, I'll link both the book and Rotten Tomatoes review in the show notes. Now, as for ways to avoid the Abawaku, it's pretty simple, just like our last episode. All you gotta do is don't climb steps to the Tower of Victory in India. Or, if you decide that you really want to get to the top of those stairs, realize that a blue translucent non-corporeal being just may slurp up your soul be prepared to pay the price. This is Isabel Henneke, hosting Fairies and Folklore. From the Pacific Northwest, Goodbye.
Today's weird bit of knowledge. Here's a tip for people with green thumbs. You may want to go to a doctor and get that neon colored digit looked at. That is not healthy. And hey, thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, keep up with all the latest episodes, or you have feedback you would like to share, follow the show on Instagram at fairies and folklore, or go to instagram.com slash fairies and folklore. The first five people to comment get a shout out, and when you follow, don't forget to tell me your favorite piece of weird knowledge. Who knows, might get featured on a coming episode. I also have a website, so if you decide that's what bloats your goat... That's anchor.fm slash Isabel Henneke. That's anchor.fm slash I-S-A-B-E-L dash H-U-E-N-E-K-E.